numbers their reaction to being led into freedom by the Lord. Not only were they given freedom, but God provided for them water from the rock. He provided for them food from heaven, manna, in which they were able to eat every day. And so he provided for them over and over again, and yet they were ungrateful. And they got tired of it. Why have you brought us up here into Egypt to die in the desert, where there is no food or water? We are disgusted with this wretched food. They are disgusted with the food of God. How very sad. However, before we are overly critical of Israel, we must examine our own lives. How often are we disgusted with the wretched food that the Lord gives to us? Not just the Holy Eucharist, but His Word, which is made flesh, which is a Word which nourishes us, which is a lamp unto our feet, which is, a, which is the one that guides us. How often do we, like Israel, reject the Word of God to live in the slavery of sin? This, my brothers and sisters, Israel is not just a nation, but it is the reality of the human condition. And we are, and we are expected in this new covenant with the Lord to read the Word of God, to reflect upon Israel's behavior, and transform ourselves from it. Because we have something greater than Israel has. We have the very share in God's own divine life. And how often do we poo-poo it? How often do we think we know better than Him? How often do we think our way is better? We know best for us, which is really a lie from hell. How can we say that the Creator of the universe, who created each of us intimately, and knew us before we even were created, how can we say that we know more than He? And yet we do it. We say it. Not only do we say it, but more, more, sad, more sadly, we live it. We live in direct rebellion against God. We live against what it is necessary for us to, to live and have life. We would rather be slaves to sin than free as children of God, just like Israel. But Israel, in order to be saved from the seraph, had to look upon that which was destroying them. You and I, as Catholic people, are to look at what is destroying us. And what is destroying us is sin, as it is manifested on the cross, which we now have hidden. We have it hidden, the manifestation of what sin does in order to remind ourselves of what God does. Now sadly, crucifixes today are more works of art. They're beautiful. They might have a couple, of, a couple of drops of blood on them, but they're not the reality of what sin truly is. And if I was to put a true depiction of the crucifix on this wall, there would be wailing and gnashing of teeth and screaming at Father for being so gross. <laughs> You have to go to Spain, or you have to go to Mexico. You have to go to one of those two places if you want to see true crucifixes in churches.
you go to the shrine of the, the, the shrine of the Blessed Sacrament in Ebed in Alabama also, she has a true depiction of a crucifix outside in the courtyard of her temple, as she calls it, Mother Angelica. Sin is ugly. Sin destroys. Sin kills the life of the soul. And so we look upon that which is, which is destroying us, and in looking upon that cross with Christ present on it, who takes on our sinfulness, who becomes marred and ugly in his crucifixion, we see and we look upon that and we are saved. We are saved because we see clearly what sin costs. Or sadly, we don't see what sin costs. We blind our eyes to it. The devil tries to keep us from recognizing what sin really is. So my dear brothers and sisters, in this Passion Tide, two weeks before Easter, and two weeks before the Passion, Death, and Resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Church refocuses herself to contemplate and meditate upon the cost of sin, what God's love for us in our sinfulness accomplished. Do not allow the blood in which Jesus shed for love of you and me to prevent us from experiencing the life he wants to share with us. Let us do all in our power to avoid not just sin, but the occasion of sin, that we may walk truly in the freedom of God's children. God bless you.